Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Good afternoon, everybody. It is the Steve Jones Show on a Tuesday. Macatrillo here with you. Steve will soon be there from the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Kia, Hyundai, lots of pre-owned inventory. A great service department and sales staff that will work with you to make sure you have the car you're looking for and make sure you can still save in the process. Of course, they are the home of the repeat customer. And it's all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, online at sunburymotors.com. Excellent service department as well, whether it's that state inspection you need, whether you need a big new car part or something big work on they got you covered at Sunbury Motors 4th Street in Sunbury Sunbury Motors Kia routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com Greg Pickle today from On3 going to join us to get into some Penn State football offseason topics and Neil Coolong is going to join us today and I always look forward to hearing from Neil every week. But this week in particular, I'm very curious to see what he has to say. I have a feeling he's going to have a lot to say about the Steelers signing Mitchell Trubisky yesterday to that two-year deal. Still trying to figure out the money. At least I haven't seen it as far as those those terms are of, that, of the contract there. But as I said yesterday, you now have, if you're the Steelers, two or three mediocre quarterbacks on the roster that are not going to be your future next year. You have Trubisky, you have Rudolph, you have Dwayne Haskins. Probably going to bring a fourth person on because that's what the Steelers have said, that they want to have four quarterbacks going into the preseason. You can have Mitchell Trubisky, Trubisky, that's fine. But then, why did you extend Rudolph last year? Or if you're going to extend Rudolph then why bring in Mitchell Trubisky? To me, if I have to choose one of the two, it's kind of like picking which which Ron and Tooth is worse, but I think you got some higher upside with Mitchell Trubisky because I think you can use his legs a little bit more, and he's got more speed, clearly, than Mason Rudolph, and maybe he might fit what my Canada kind of wants to do, or I still don't even know what his offense really is, to be honest with you. But I think there's some upside, slight upside to him than there is Rudolph. I mean, I, I never got that from the from square one. But then, 
when the things went through the way they did with Ben Roethlisberger, you thought, okay, he'll be the stopgap guy, I guess, for now, and then they'll try to draft somebody. But the way this quarterback class is, you're you're you probably going to need a stop a stopgap type of quarterback for at least a year or two. And I don't know if you want to do that with Mason Rudolph. So that's why you're bringing a guy like Mitchell Trubisky. Okay, that's fine. But then why do you have a guy like Rudolph signed with $6 million extra? I just, I just don't get that. It's been a little bit of a puzzling offseason to me if, I, if I'm a Steeler fan, at least from my vantage point, 30,000 feet in the air. There's still a lot of question marks for the Steelers. Now, they did sign a couple of their own guys yesterday on the defensive and offensive lines. Yeah, that that's fine, exactly what they need to do. But the next move now for the Steelers, as we talked about with Jerry Dulac yesterday, if you missed any of that, tremendous as always. Check it out on the podcast or on uh, our social media pages. And that is you got to get Juju Smith-Schuster signed back. Because then if you don't, well, then it doesn't matter who you have a quarterback, you don't have much to work with. You have a guy in Chase Claypool who's been not the guy that we thought he could be, especially early on and when he first got onto the scene there. And Deontay Johnson's nice. He, he can bring you some big plays here and there, but he still is unreliable. He has the dropsies. You don't want those two guys being your top two. Of course, you got Pat Fryermuth, but you need more than that. And you got Najee Harris in the backfield. So we'll, we'll get into all that with Neil Kulong today on the Steelers. I did have to laugh at this, though. <laughs> Randy Gregory just demonstrated again why he can't be trusted and why the, and the Cowboys, again, kind of getting screwed over by this. Agrees to re-sign with the team. And the team should have, to me, the team just should have seen this coming based on how unreliable he's been, especially off the, with his, all this off-the-field problems. So he's going to resign, I think, to a two-year deal. Then minutes, and the Cowboys even tweet that out, that he's back. And then minutes later, the Broncos say, surprise, and actually the team, the Broncos' team Twitter account tweets at the Dallas Twitter account saying surprise, and yeah, because he changed his mind. After agreeing to terms with to re-sign with the Cowboys, he now has a, a five-year, $70 million deal with Denver. <laughs> just, I, I, I just can't. I mean, he's a good player when he's on the field. He's, just, he's very disruptive when he's on the field, but that's a big if, if he's on the field. And now he gets You're to just... go to Denver. You're just uh, it's trying it's to a violation. Get, you're, you're just trying to get people out of the division. That's all you're trying to do. Oh, yeah. I'm glad he's out of the division. That's all I, you're trying to do. I always love seeing division teams get division. screwed over. Yeah. Well, I'm just yeah. saying it's a violation on Randy Gregory's part. I mean, just you just want people out of the division. You know? You know, as every day goes by, you're getting more and more like the suit. Uh, it really, I mean, it's like, and, and, and don't think people aren't noticing. S-U-I-T, that spells suit-da! Oh, yeah, I haven't done my bracket yet, have I? Yeah, you should probably get on that. <laughs> yeah, I probably should at some point. What? I probably should at some point. In fact, you know what I'll do? I'll do my bracket, then I'll do my wooden award vote and get that done. There you go. Now we just kind of 
to get two for one here, get it finished off. Yeah. Uh, I did a pool, uh, just pool, uh, polling some people about the Hassan Reddick signing. It was really great. You know what the, what the, what the primary one was? Who? All right. Uh, so <laughs> it really wasn't the what you were looking for. No God! The, uh, no God! No God! I thought the Sixer thing went well last night. Get the lingerie on the deck. Call the janitor. See, I, I talked to you about this stuff yesterday, and you blow me off like I don't know what I'm talking about. But it, it wasn't because of Jovic. <laughs> he had 22 points. He was good last rebounds. night. He had a triple-double. Yeah, he was good <laughs> last night, but the problem was the Sixers... The, the, haven't been. Haven't been. It's it's the it's the kid that played in the uh, the Jordan Center last year, uh, Bones Highland. He played against Penn State last year. Yeah, uh, that was that was the game that Miles Dredd hit the three at the buzzer to win it. Beat VCU. Bones, a good player. He is. He had, he had a big game good, last night. Too. Yeah, he's first first round pick. It's that when you actually draft properly in the first round, you know you do pretty well. Oh yeah, I know that that yeah. I do know. Trust me. Yeah. <laughs> I've learned that the hard way, being the Sixers fan in the process. But the only problem I have is with the six. The, the biggest problem I have look, with the Sixers look, right now is they don't play hard for a full forty-eight minutes. Look, that's why they lost last night. Look, here. This is my concern if I'm a Sixers fan, and I'm not. I could really care less if they win or lose. Um, they faced. They have faced. Two really, two really good teams. I didn't say great. I didn't say awesome or anything like that. I said two really good teams, and they lost both games. And everybody else they played has been rather nondescript at this point. You know, Minnesota's okay. Cleveland's okay. Um, Orlando's not. The, the Knicks aren't. But they played the Nets and they played the Nuggets and they didn't win any of the game. It's this is more of a process than I think that Sixer fans I don't think quite understand. This is more of a process I think than they realize getting this to work. Well, I, I definitely knew there were going to be some bumps in the road trying to get this all together. I just expected it to happen earlier than it's than it's occurring now, where now they've lost two of their last three. Now then, there's Ben Simmons. Now, Steve Nash is sitting there, and he's being the good soldier about this. He doesn't know if he's going to be able to play a game in the regular season. Because now he's got back problems. So I decided I would go to somebody who would be an expert on sedentary lifestyle. And when I talked to the suit, I said, "How's your back go sore?" I mean, it's just you know, I just I thought I'd go to an expert on it. No. Thank <laughs> you. You don't think he's an expert on sedentary lifestyle? <laughs> the Steelers signed three offensive linemen. They re-signed Chuks Okafor. 
and then they added to including James Daniels. Now, what's interesting, they also added Cole the center, who can also play guard. But does that mean they may not go after Linderbaum from Iowa, whom I think would be an excellent choice for the Steelers? So. And the first games of the tournament are tonight. You've got Texas Southern against Texas A&M Corpus Christi. That's the opening game at 640. And the nightcap will be the last two teams that are in the tournament. At-large choices 35 and 36. And that's Indiana against Wyoming. Now something is going to happen tonight that hasn't happened in 50 weeks. You know what that is? Can't say I do, but maybe I should. Oh, just so... I'm going to tune into True TV. All right, that hasn't happened by anybody in 50 weeks. I mean... I have people who come up and do, do I have that on my cable? I said, I don't know. <laughs> now that is very true. I don't even know what True TV carries. Seems to me that's 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 another one of those channels that has like those uh, reality shows and stuff like that that nobody cares I have, about. I have no idea. I mean, the only time I know what's on True TV is that they run so many promos during the NCAA tournament. And I sit there and say to myself, well, I'm not watching this for 50 weeks. <laughs> oh, the Red Sox joined the Freddie Freeman sweepstakes. I'm all for it. Bring him in. The heck, it's not my money. That would drive you nuts if Freddie Freeman was in the American League East. All right. Eh, whatever. Oh, whatever what? The Red Sox want him, they can have him. It's all right. Yankees are still in contact with Anthony Rizzo. Yeah, they should bring him back. Yeah, it doesn't mean he wants to come back. Oh, I think he does. Well, it depends on the money. I mean, I think it's all about money. Rizzo did not. I mean, I like Rizzo as a player, not a little bit, but a lot. He's but he's thirty-two, and you know how analytics is about thirty-two. You know, what I mean? you know what I'm talking about here. I do. And, and, and not very kind. And the, and the Yankees have been have have they hired Aaron Boone on the idea of analytics. If you recall. Yes. Which I wasn't a fan of at the time. Yeah, and I'm still not a fan of. Yeah. I mean, I, again, I th- I think it is a tool, right, and that you can that can be very useful to you, but you can't base everything on it. If you do that, it, you can't base every decision on probability. That's what it comes down to. So this is what Rizzo is. Rizzo, first of all, is a perfect bat for Yankee Stadium. Uh, left-handed bat, power, fits beautifully. And now the next part. The Yankees do not have a good defensive infield. Now, Donaldson's an upgraded third defensively. 
But the Yankees really do not have a good defensive infield, except when you put Rizzo at first base. Now he takes everyone's defensive capabilities at second, short, and third and kicks it up one notch. Rizzo is defensively what Mark DeShera was when they had him when they won in 2009, what Tino Martinez was in the 90s, that kind of defensive upgrade player that also has power. I mean, 32 doesn't bother me unless there's the, unless there is a length to the contract. When I mean length, I mean, you know, we got to sign for five years. I wouldn't sign Rizzo for five years. Would I sign him to three years? Yeah, I'd sign him to three years, but not more than that. What would you do? I'd probably do one or two year deal with. You yeah, know, but he's got, he, but he's got a one, a one, a one or two year deal. But I don't think he has much of a choice. It is a much of a market as far as that I've seen right now. The Yankees are probably going to give him the best offer. I know they might. I don't know. Uh, I just I don't know. You have to remember something has changed, okay? And there's a big change, and the big change is as follows. The National League now has the DH. So you may be a team in the National League. I'm not saying you sign Rizzo as a DH, but you may have a guy that you know that you want to DH and play Rizzo at first base, and it changes your thought process in the National League. So I'm just I'm just saying keep that in account. How about that? No, that's fair. I just, I, I just well, haven't really seen. I just haven't seen much fair. traction. I mean, yeah, there's that factor, but, yeah, but no one's really knows, bid on him yet. But nobody knows what traction there's been. Nobody's been allowed to do anything until the last four days. I mean, you haven't been allowed to do anything with anybody until the last four days. So it's kind of hard to say whether anybody's any traction or not. I mean, if, I mean, you want, I mean. I mean I mean, we can say definitively, like, when it comes to no traction on somebody, you know, the suit. I mean, he's been available as a free agent for decades. Now, that's the definition of no traction. And at times, I think, has been in traction. No, that's just that's a different story. No, senor! No, senor! No, senor! Jason Kelsey sings the national anthem at the Sixers game. He is a true Philadelphia athlete. That was amazing last night. (laughs) (laughs) What, the fact that he sang and they lost? No, the fact that he sang. Yeah, but they lost. Power through it. They lost. Yeah, but Jason Kelsey won. They lost. Sixer fans at least had that because he actually gave full effort in his performance, unlike the basketball team, who just, who forgot to play during the third quarter and why they lost last night. Speaking of the third quarter, you see Carl Anthony Towns? Uh, we'll, we'll be hearing from that a little later. But, yes, he was, he was monsterful last night. He had 32 in the third quarter. He ended up with 60 in the game. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back with more in a moment. Great to have you with us today on News Radio 1070 WKOK. 
taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Rack up those Nikola Jokic highlights. No? Not good? <laughs> Not what you want? Yeah, whatever. It's not like I didn't warn you. <laughs> no, you did. Jeez. They're going to have to get in sync here with what they're doing, okay? I, I mean, that's all it is is a question of getting in sync. That happens when you add a new part in. Um, all right. Uh, today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors. 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, Routes 11 to 15, Hummels Wharf, online at sunburymotors.com. Ford Kia Hyundai, the best in new inventory. Great pre-owned inventory with the Sunbury Motors guarantee. Your trade-in has never been worth more. Service department, inspections, diagnostics, routine, they take care of it all. All at Sunbury Motors. 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 to 15, Humboldt Wharf, online at sunburymotors.com. The uh, the spikes today, Steakhouse spikes. Uh, two quick notes, then we'll get to Greg Pickle here. Steakhouse spikes named uh, their, their new manager today, Dave Tromboy, who was the manager of the Baltimore Orioles from 2007 to 2010. Wow. And Jim Gott, the uh, former major league pitcher with the Blue Jays, the Dodgers, among others, like, what, 16, 17 years in the majors. He was with the Williamsport last year as the uh, pitching coach. going to be the spikes pitching coach this year. Needless to say, I'm going to learn a lot more about baseball with those guys around. It's one of the keys to doing this job is you do a lot of listening. A lot of listening. Uh, Ratings. Big Ten Network. Largest viewership ever for um, the Big Ten basketball tournament. The Penn State Purdue game had the was the third most watched Big Ten network game with over they had eight better than eight hundred ten thousand viewers for the game on Friday night. That was the third most watched on BTN and is the most watched Penn State sporting event outside of football this year this past season, in this past calendar year. Third most watched, excuse me, most watched outside of Penn State football. The Ohio State game had 690,000 viewers, which makes it the second most watched non-football Penn State event in the past year. Um... it's good. It was also number six on the uh, on the uh, BTN list. So not bad. A lot of viewership. Now the NCAA wrestling championships will take place this week, and people say, "Well, wrestling, I had to watch it." No, wrestling's about five hundred thousand to six fifty somewhere in that range usually. And they'll get some. You know, we're going to have Jeff Byers on the show tomorrow from Detroit. It'll get a great, great number. It just turns out it's not going to get that number. Okay. 
I know you're stunned by this. In fact, uh, Wisconsin, Michigan State have 1.1 million viewers. Pretty good. Not bad at all. All right, let's uh, get to football. I mean, because I could talk about the Sixers all day. No? Now what you want to do? Do you want to talk about Brady? Um, no, that's enough. We, we've given him and his nauseating uh, return enough airtime. It's not a nauseating return, okay? I have, no, I have no issue with Tom Brady coming back. That's fine. That's his life. He can do that. I just didn't wasn't crazy about, like, look, you knew on Saturday. You didn't just wake up and go, you know, I think it's 7 o'clock tonight. It's like, it's just the timing of it. Like, you know, you have to have a little more savvy than that. You know, he could have done Sunday morning. He could have done it Saturday night. He could have, you know what I mean? It was like, okay, now? <laughs> okay. But, but you know, I don't, that doesn't bother me. He's back. It's good for the game he's back. I mean, you're a hater. I just don't like the indecisiveness, and then and then it's creating drama for no reason. Like, make a decision, stay with it. Don't be, oh, maybe I'll like you'll know it. This it it this reminds well, you, me of Brett Favre again. Like okay. enough. You haven't been indecisive in your life. True. Okay. What? But I'm not. But I'm, I don't make a big deal about one decision, and then I'm going to make a big deal about the decision. A decision I, I change my mind. I change my mind. It is not easy to give up something that you're that you you feel like you're personally good at and you love. It's it's not. All right. I mean, I know I've had a lot of people talk to me about because I'm I'm at, you know. I'm at that stage where people ask you, like, how much longer are you going to go? And I'll say, well, you want me to leave now? Oh, no, no, no. Well, thank you. I <laughs> appreciate that. And I'll tell people, I mean, I'd like to go, believe it or not, 10 to 15 more years, if it's possible. If it's possible. Um, because, A, I love doing the games. And, B, no, it, it's, it's, it will be very difficult for me to give up. So I can understand where he's coming from. I think Giselle got annoyed with them already at home. You go, you go play the football again. You're a hater. <laughs> Do you wake up just with a with with the, an edge of disdain? All I'm saying is, I think she wears the pants in that relationship. That's all. <laughs> All right, let's bring in Greg Pickle then. Greg, I'd like, I need somebody to uh, uh, sane to talk to. That'd be you. Welcome. Great to have you with us. Steve, good to be on with you. Glad to hear your voice and looking forward to the start of spring practice. Absolutely. It's on Monday. Uh, so let's uh, let's get to an overview of this. You just wrote an, uh, an interesting article on on tight ends and then Ty Howe. You know, what, were, what was a couple of the angles that you wanted to put out there for everybody to consider about the tight end group? Yeah, so, you know, that series we're doing now is basically just looking at the big question facing each uh, coach, member of James Franklin's staff, including him. And for Ty Howe and the tight end group, to me, it's just 
what ways can he become more consistent in 2022? Where can we see more out of this group that, you know, before the start of last season was being hailed as maybe one of the better ones uh, Penn State has ever had, maybe one of the better ones in college football. And as the offense lagged, it obviously lagged maybe a little bit, but a lot more than expected. So I think to me, it's just about how can they find consistent production? These guys all came in with pretty high uh, ratings and things like that and high expectations in terms of what they would be able to accomplish. And last year, I don't think there's any other word for it. It was simply a, a disappointment. So, you know, as we head into spring practice here, I think it's about the fundamental stuff, right? I mean, I think some of the struggles we saw there were basics in terms of just catching the ball at times or blocking assignments, things like that. So, you know, obviously, again, the talent's there. You have Khalil Dinkins, who comes off a red shirt. You have Jerry Cross, who signs in his class and comes a little bit later this year. So it's not a room hurting for talent, that's for sure. And we've seen some flashes of what these guys are capable of, and I think that's one of the reasons there were so many people excited about what kind of a role they could have in the offense last year, and we just never really saw it. So to me, it's about how do they develop that and get it on game day in a more consistent fashion. In the Auburn game, the tight ends had six catches for 130 yards. Now, you're not going to get that every game, but does that tell everybody what what that group can be? Yeah, I think that's exactly it. I think that's why the way the rest of the season played out, I don't have the numbers in front of me at the moment, but if you look at the combined uh, tight end production and took that game out of the equation, I mean, I think that's where a lot of the frustrations come from. But then that game itself is part of those frustrations too because you saw what they were capable of. And I think when you look back on it, that game it kind of served as what we thought was going to be a, a breakout for these guys, kind of like the, the switch went on and they were going to ready to, ready to take the bull by the horn, so to speak. And look, I understand that some of this is not on them, right? I mean, the offense struggled in ways across the board that impacted their production and their ability to make plays. But yeah, I think that right there shows you that, and number one, all these guys are back, and then you're adding to it with some other guys who maybe can find their way into the mix. So the talent's there. I mean, if you look at those guys in the weight room, too, I mean, they look great in pads, they look good on the field, and there's plenty, I think, to work with there. There's no question about it. It's just how do you get it to come out for 12, 13, however many games it is year you're right you won't see that production every single day or every single game and sometimes it'll be game flow dependent but ultimately yeah the talent's there it's just how do you get it more a part of the offense and that comes down to you know Mike Yersich too how can Sean Clifford in the way this offense works from that perspective how can you get those guys more involved more consistently and then how can they more consistently take advantage of their opportunities both in the run game and the pass game so, Greg, as you look at this team that heading into spring practice, what are a couple of elements that you would like to see when the when we finally do get to the blue white game that, that shows progress to you? Now, and not just the I mean, I'm talking about the whole football team here. Right. Well, you know, I think obviously there's some areas where we won't maybe be able to see the complete picture until later this year. You know, obviously the offensive line. You have some guys back, but you have Hunter Norzad transferring in, but not here for spring practice. So I think that's one area we can see some things and what what Penn State has in mind there, but we're not going to get the full picture until the, the fall camp starts. So that's one area. You know, we don't see much. I hate to even go down this road because we don't see much of it at, at blue-white. But, you know, the special teams are obviously a big area this year. With Jordan Stout no longer here. Uh, Alex Bachetta, the big-time punter Penn State signed, is not going to be here until later this year. So, you know, Jake Pinneger and Sanders Sahadak from a kicking perspective and some other guys who are walk-ons and then two walk-on punters are going to be able to run the 
show here in the spring. And I'll be curious to see if any of those guys really steps to the forefront in terms of putting himself in a place that, you know, he could be caught in the fall possibly, but it's unlikely. So that's one position group that, again, we're not going to get to see a lot of in the blue-white game, but it's an important one where Penn State has some big questions to answer and what do they find out in the spring that will lead them into summer camp and fall camp in a place that you know they are happy about. So that's number one, and then two, I guess, and then third, defensively, I mean, I just want to see it all. I want to see what it looks like. I want to see what Manny Diaz is like on the practice field. I mean, obviously Penn State returns – uh, it's position coaches there for the most part uh, outside of Brent Pride, but you know I want to see what Manny Diaz uh, runs a practice like and looks like on the field and what kind of things he's tweaked. And you know, obviously, for the Blue White game, everything's going to be very vanilla. You're not going to get any big right. secrets or big ideas coming out of that, but you can pick some things up uh, just based on what you see during and hear during the practices leading up to that. And then on blue white, uh, you know, blue white weekend. So you know, those are some of the areas for me, Steve. And then just you know, of course, you, you can't really have this conversation. Everyone's going to want to see the freshman quarterbacks, right? <laughs> Everyone's going to want to see Nick Singleton and Katron Allen yep. and Zane Durant and yep. some of those younger guys, Katie sure Saunders. So do. you know, that'll be a, a good opportunity as well. Caden Saunders and Jerry Cross, and you know, they get a chance to see all of them. Uh, at one point or another. How do you look at the offensive line going in? Well, I think that's the big question, as it is every year. You know, I think that's probably one thing that uh, I'll, I'll move that series along. We were just talking about with tight ends and Ty Howe with Phil Troutline and the offensive line later today. But that's one thing that when I was putting that, that story together, I mean, yet again, here we are, and it's a part of the offense that everyone has some questions about, everybody wants to talk about, and maybe more importantly, not all of your pieces that you think could be the ones that start for you in the fall are here to take those very valuable reps as a group together um, You know, in spring practice. Again, with Hunter Norzad coming in, there's every expectation he's going to fight for one of those inside spots, and maybe there's even a belief he'll get one of those, you know, he'll start at one of those. Well, okay, well, then you just went through a spring practice. And I realize it's only 15 of them, but every rep's important, as we always hear along the offensive line with continuity and everything else. So, you know, I think that's one area, I don't want to say of concern, but that you wish you didn't have to deal with, but it is what it is. That's the way the semester calendar works. So, you know, other than that, I think you want to see what Olu Fashano looks like after another winter workout. I thought he looked good in the bowl game and believe he graded out well, but you want to see what he looks like out there on the field, you know, interested to see how Caden Caden Wallace and Landon Tangwall have have reshaped it all, if at all, their bodies. You know, I thought Landon Tangwall, when Penn State had us in for the max out squat day a couple weeks ago, just looked phenomenal, and he's always kind of looked that way, but he's certainly uh, taken that to another level this season, so, or this offseason, rather, here in the winter. So, you know, I think, again, we can sit here and, and feel good about where things might be, where they could be, but I think for most Penn State fans, they just want to see it on the field. They don't really want to hear about the possibilities of it anymore or what this guy could bring or that guy could bring. They just want to go uh, watch the game whenever they're doing it from, or wherever, rather, either their home or wherever, and Beaver Stadium or Purdue, or and see it on the field for four quarters. So, to me, that's where I'm at at this point. You know, we've had a lot of off-seasons where – things were really looking up on that front and then 
didn't necessarily play out that way once the fall came. And I do think there's times that group gets much more flack than it deserves. But, you know, at the end of the day, you are what your record is and you are what your statistics are. And some of those areas were tough for Penn State last year. What did you think of Juice Scruggs when he did some work at center during the course of the season last year? Yeah, I think that was good. I think that's probably a pretty underrated or maybe often forgotten part of what Penn State was able to do with him last year. I mean, look, I think it was smart to get him those reps, and it can be sometimes hard to pick out what one guy's doing when you're watching five and the rest of the play is going on. But, you know, I, I guess my thought would be, Steve, that the fact that they did that as often as they did at times when it was, you know, advantageous to do so probably tells you that they liked a bit of what they saw, too. And they also knew what was coming here, which is that they needed a replacement for Mike Miranda once he decided to move on at the end of last season. So, I mean, I would say so far so good on that change with just the idea in mind that the more reps he and Sean Clifford get together moving forward here, the better off they're going to be. It's amazing. uh, To me, the blue-white game is amazing because it really tells you something about, like, how much fans – because, like, this hasn't happened, and this will be the first time in 2019. But it's always been one of those barometers that if it's a really nice day, you sit back and go – Man, these people love Penn State football. The USFL, the old USFL would have loved to have crowds like that. <laughs> right. Oh, there's no there's no doubt about it. I'm assuming this year, as long as the weather cooperates, yeah. which it'd be, it'd be really nice if it did. Um, yeah, you're going to see a huge crowd, Steve. I really believe that. And I don't think the fact that it's on TV is going to hinder that. I think that no. so many people will be excited to maybe get out to Beaver Stadium or get out to State College and see some people they haven't seen in a while and, of course, watch a little bit of football, too. So it's hard to think of a better way to spend an April Saturday in State College and in Pennsylvania. So, yeah, I would assume that as long as the weather is good, uh, the big crowd will be there. As That's, well. Yeah, I think of if it's really if the weather's good and it's going to be really cool so greg it's always a pleasure thank you so much for your time great work as always all right thanks steve great to be with you and we'll talk soon greg pickle on three dot com blue white illustrated uh the uh the chief signed a read today got him uh defensive back away from houston that means they're going to move on from tyron matthew and matthew I mean, he did, I think, almost everything to say that he wanted to stay, even intimating that, you know, he might take less money, but the Chiefs have decided they want to go that route. So this is the part where I was hoping you'd jump in and say he's a dope. No, that's an interesting name that I would love to see maybe Midnight Green, perhaps. Well, no, they, they don't sign free agents. People don't willingly go there. Uh, all right. Um, <laughs> no? Hassan Reddick did yesterday. He played at Temple. I, now he's going to like go from like playing at Temple with like, you know, 10,000 people there to like 60,000. And as soon as he makes a bad play, you're like, I, I never should have done this. <laughs> all right. <sighs> How about the U.S. Senate today approving a bill that would make daylight savings time permanent starting next year? Oh, my almighty! About time. How about that? Yeah, I mean, I really, we get to those winter months, and I just feel like, like standard time is just ruining your day, and it's making you angrier. I don't understand why, you know, it's... Although it doesn't take much to make you angry.
Maybe you ought to pick different teams to root for. <laughs> Why don't you root for the Buccaneers? They got Brady. All right, we'll come back with more in a moment here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Get the lingerie <laughs> on the deck. Call the janitor. Hmm. When car repairs get difficult. Well, I, I just don't know. Um, me neither. We get good. Sunbury Motors. More than quality new and used cars, Sunbury Motors specializes in complicated auto repair diagnosis. They can handle intricate repairs and even complete auto body with service open Monday through Friday, 7 till 4. And Sunbury Motors has made simple repairs easy. Maintaining your vehicle is necessary. Finding the time to do it is difficult. Welcome to Sunbury Motors Quick Lane. Open 7 till 4, Monday through Friday. Just walk in or call ahead. Relax in their remodeled waiting room with Wi-Fi, beverages, and snacks. Will Sunbury Motors factory train techs take care of your oil change, tire alignments, brakes, and inspections. Quick Lane, 6.30 to 6, Monday through Friday, Saturday, 6.30 till 2. Sunbury Motors, Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury. And Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. We take the... Mm. Mm. Out of auto repair.